0: your bracket (laughs) i still have three out of four left in my national champion but we're not through the second round as we hit record and start this edition of central region now the exclusive podcast of the rba sports network on this sunday after st patrick's day and after the titanic upset ESPN reported that out of their, what, 17 million brackets that were filled out on their website alone, our little bracket challenge for fun, we host at CBSSports.com. But um, ESPN said three, I believe they said 3.1% of their brackets had UMBC beating Virginia. And that translates, uh, you know, if you you work out the math, that a little over a half a million brackets that actually uh, picked that game correctly. Now, I feel like those... Uh, those picks probably fell into three different categories number one you are somehow associated with umbc you went there your child's there uh your wife went there your husband went there you live near there you know something like that uh number two you hate the university of virginia so virginia tech fans uh maybe some other acc fans and um Number three, people who just kind of throw darts at a thing and go, okay, <laughs> and, and just, you know, pick for the heck of it. And they decided that they wanted to choose UMBC. But congratulations to the retrievers who played. I, got, uh, I was able, once we finished our game of the week at Hanover uh, Baseball on Friday night, and we'll talk more about that in a minute as we unveil our first top ten baseball and softball polls of the season. Uh, Got home and got to see a good part of the second half of that game, and UMBC simply outplayed Virginia. They looked completely shell-shocked and completely befuddled. Uh, Nothing like the confident Virginia Cavalier team that just stormed through the ACC tournament. And I don't mean storm as in beating people by large amounts, because obviously, you know, Clemson was in it early in the semis, and Carolina had a good game, but... You know, Virginia just looked confident. I can understand looking at their performance from last weekend as to how many people were picking them to win, and not only go to the Final Four, but win the national championship. But it was bound to happen at some point um, that, that we would have a 16 beat a 1. And if you go back to the end of the calendar year, and maybe the first two weeks of January, and prognosticators were talking about at that time you know the unbeatens were gone and you know we've got we've got teams that were considered to be in number one seeds that had seven losses on the year and this has just been an unusual year uh and and it's not a year where there is a truly dominant team like kentucky three years ago where everybody thought they'd win and wisconsin pulled off the big upset in the national semifinal. uh you know duke In in 1992, uh, uh, sweating through and surviving Kentucky on the Leitner incredible shot and and then moving on to beat the Fab Five and win the national title back-to-back, back uh, back a quarter century ago. There's just some seasons where you just think somebody is just, you know, anointed to be the champion. And what's funny is sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. Um, But this could have happened 29 years ago. For those of you who are not quite as old, old as I am, uh, the Georgetown Hoyas were were this close, and I mean this close, to falling to Princeton in the one sixteen game back in the nineteen eighty nine NCAA tournament, and they survived by one point, only by one, and moved on. Um, saw an article. Uh, well, it wasn't an article. It was a column uh, over the weekend that was you know just saying what happened to Virginia was humiliating and. You know, Coach Bennett's not prepared to to, to coach in the NCAA tournament. I I think that was blatant overreaction. Um, I, I, I totally disagree with that. Every team has the capability of playing to their best, and every team in every sport has the capability to lay an egg. And Virginia picked a horrible time to lay an egg. But you cannot discount what they did Uh, with 17 wins in the ACC, the regular season title, the tournament title. And let me tell you something, folks. I'm not a Virginia fan, okay? Full disclosure, I am a lifelong North Carolina State fan. Um, And if we, as, as Wolfpack fans, if we could have had the success that Virginia has enjoyed the last five years, we would be thrilled, at this particular point, so you know, for people who are saying that you know Bennett's not going to be able to coach in the NCAA tournament, uh, blah 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 blah, I, I just, I I I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it, and a lot of other people don't either. Uh, Jim Bayheim is one. Uh, he will consistently sing the praises of, of Tony Bennett, and and you know, yeah, Beheim's only won one national championship, but he's been to a few Final Fours. He's Obviously kept Syracuse in the upper Echelon and, and there's a team that understands blatant disappointment. Uh, and, and again, going back into the archives and I still have it on on VHS. 1991, first round, number two Syracuse losing to who? Dick Tarrant and number 15 Richmond in one of the biggest upsets in NCAA tournament history. So Virginia fans come off the ledge. Number one, we're talking about sports here. This is not life and death. Uh, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Disappointed, absolutely. And if you think you are, times it by a 1,000. That's how the players and coaches and staff and members around the UVA team feel. Don't worry. Regroup. Get ready for 2018-19. Simple as that. So, But the tournament's been interesting. The parts that we've been able to, to watch and, and, and whatnot over the first uh, two rounds. My, my national championship pick, by the way, is Villanova. Um, and they're they're still alive. They're in the Sweet 16, and we'll see how far uh, they can go. But as we're recording this, Duke-Syracuse is set for the Sweet 16, and there are a few other games that are matched up and ready to go as well, and there's more action coming up here on Sunday night, and then the Sweet 16 gets going on Thursday. We want to turn our attention now to our bread and butter, high school sports and uh, first we want to put a quick wrap on the 2017-18 basketball season since we did not have uh, the opportunity to join you here on the podcast last weekend fresh off the heels of all the action at the Siegel Center just a couple of thoughts number one I hope that you are joining us every Friday morning on ESPN Richmond where we are having a whole lot of fun on the Black and Drew sports huddle every Friday morning nine we're live with RVA locals only where we have a segment where we have an opportunity to shine the light on not just high school sports, but student-athletes here in the area uh, that are are making a name for themselves on the court, in the field, in the classroom. Uh, we're going to uh, talk in future weeks not just to coaches and student-athletes. We're hoping to talk to former student-athletes who have gone on and done well in their college careers. And we're not talking just in football and, and basketball either. We want to run the gamut on this and really shine a positive light uh, on local area sports. And so we do that with our friends Bob Black and Andrew Wallace at ESPN Richmond every Friday at 9.30. This past Friday morning, we had a conversation with John Marshall Head Boys basketball coach Ty White coming off of their Class Three state championship win over Western Albemarle last weekend on Saturday by 21 points. And we talked about it briefly at the outset of the interview, a lot of fans being disappointed that Northside John Marshall didn't happen. Northside, if you're not aware, was undefeated going into the state semis, and everybody thought they would come out end up at Siegel Center. But Western Albemarle spoiled that party. So suddenly the justices, Ty White and company, have to pivot and get ready for a di- maybe for a different team. Not that they were looking past that or pre-planning, Um, But it was a bit of a surprise to see Northside go down. But for John Marshall, it was a matter of worrying about themselves first and making sure that they were ready to play at the Siegel Center. And then, as Coach White aptly said, look, you're going to now play the team that beat the team. So you really respect them because they did something nobody else had been able to do all year. And now you've got to stop them. Uh, but a great job by the entire Justice's team and staff, and congratulations to them on the state title. For Class 3 members around the Commonwealth, here's the bad news. The top eight scorers come back for John Marshall next year. Isaiah Todd, of course, is the big name, number one ranked in the Class of 2020 by ESPN. Uh, He has been a big talk this entire year, and rightfully so, but You know, you start talking about DeMar McRae and LeVar Allen and Elijah Seward, and I still, I've had my eye ever since we broadcast the Virginia Preps Classic in mid-January, and I got my first look in person at now, well, freshman now, soon-to-be sophomore Roosevelt Wheeler. I thought, wow, uh, I know Isaiah Todd doesn't have a twin brother. Who's this kid? And he's raw, and he's got a lot to learn, but as Coach White talked about on ESPN Richmond with us on Friday morning, He has come a long way in this season. Uh, He's had his butt kicked by Todd in practice day after day, and that's only going to make him better. And so John Marshall is going to be a force for the next couple of years uh, in Class 3. They're going to be fun to watch. Our our big thanks to Coach White for joining us on ESPN Richmond on Friday morning. And folks, join us 9.30 Friday mornings, 99.5, 102.7 on the FM dial, 9.50 on the AM dial, ESPNRichmond.com. If you're in your office, need to stream it online or on your phone. If you don't have it yet, download the ESPN Richmond app. There is an app simply for ESPN Richmond. So do that, and you can listen to us. And then as soon as the show's over, Andrew Wallace is great. Within the hour, he has the the entire segment up on the audio vault uh, at ESPNRichmond.com, and we uh, send links out to that. And we're going to start putting the links up on our website too, rbasportsnetwork.com. So if you can't join us live on Friday mornings on the radio or online, you can catch it anytime thanks to their audio vault at ESPNRichmond.com. So big thanks to Bob. Bob Black and I go back about 19 years now. Great to be working with him again. Great to get to know Andrew Wallace at Mitchell Bradley, of course, the OM there and longtime time. A uh, friend of mine, we go back about mm, 19 years. <laughs> so uh, it, it's really great to be working with the gang over there at Urban One and ESP in Richmond. And we thank them for partnering with us and give an opportunity to shine some more light on high school sports. Working on a uh, guest for this coming Friday as we'll start to turn the pivot and start talking a little bit about spring sports. And speaking of that, let's turn the pivot in a moment to our first top ten polls for baseball and softball. Let me wrap. Our basketball talk for the season by saying the following things. Number one, Verina and head coach Andrew Lacey we had on last Friday morning, uh, the the day after they won the state championship over uh, Wakefield, had him on RVA Locals Only. And that is also on the audio vault you can listen to. Just look for RBA Locals Only from March the 9th. Uh, they have six of their eight top scorers coming back next year. So Verona is going to be loaded, and they're going to be ready for another deep run into Class 5 and could be considered an early Class 5 championship favorite. But there will be other teams in the mix as well in a very competitive class that, that is. Kenny Williams just launches a long three-pointer for North Carolina to take an early lead on Texas A&M. Having fun watching Kenny in the NCAA tournament, the 2015 LC Bird graduate. He's having a good tournament so far for uh the Tar Heels sorry had it on my television as we're recording and got distracted ever so briefly but congratulations to Verina fantastic run and a gritty comeback to get that championship on the girls side the Cosby Titans what can you say maybe Rachel Meade's best coaching job was this year you know, in that three state championships in a row run, there were some major figures there for Cosby. Jocelyn Jones was there for all three. Tyra Whitehead was there for all three. Dorothy Adamaco, who just completed her career at Georgetown, unfortunately had an injury this season, had to sit out. Um, you know, she was kind of the spark that got that championship run going. And they had the year last year where they they, they didn't quite get to the state tournament. They they fell a bit early, and, and it was disappointing by Cosby standards, and they just went. They went back in the gym in the off season, and they got better, and, and they got closer. And you know, you see the Nia Covingtons, and you see how she took over that game in the championship against Langley, and then Marissa Gallagher and the role that she played, not just in the you know the shot that ended up winning the title, but in other ways as well. And you know, Bailey and I could go on and on with just a, a team, a really a, a team, not not a team that had to rely on two or three players and then have a lot of role players around them. Um, but th- th- every night somebody had to step up big, and Nia did it at the championship, so congrats to them. To the Hopewell girls, what a historic season, and even though they fell short in the championship to Lord Botetot, nothing can be taken away from what the Blue Devils did here this year. Messiah Hunter is going to be a beast to watch for the next few years in Hopewell. Uh, get ready, fans, and, and and mark your calendar for next November and beyond, and get to Hopewell girls' basketball games You're gonna want to be able to tell people that you were there, watching this team continue to grow and to develop. They're gonna be a force for quite a long time. Uh, We were not at the the, excuse me, the uh, Siegel Center the night that Mac McClung and Gate City were there for the uh, one Class One state championship. Uh, You know, it's a situation to where obviously they're not in the RVA, so that's not our coverage area. So. But we understand all the hype and the hoopla because of the records that he's broken. He's on his way to Georgetown now, and it's going to be very interesting to watch him translate from the high school level and all the hype that has come up. I'm hoping the the young man has the maturity and the people around him, and I know Patrick Ewing will help with this as the head coach at Georgetown, uh, of making sure he stays grounded and is ready to understand there's going to be a big difference between what he saw this year and what he sees in the big east next year and a quick word about that you know espn runs their 30 for 30s all the time middle of the night or they usually have weekend marathons on espn classic and for whatever reason i woke i mean you ever had a morning where you woke up and i mean it wasn't just waking up so you could turn over and go back to sleep or wake up because you had to go to the bathroom or something you wake up and you're wide awake well that happened to me this morning sunday morning for no good reason at 5:15, I'm lying in bed going why am I this awake and it was two hours before I could fall back asleep and but during that time I got to watch most of the um, 30 for 30 on the bad boys the Detroit Pistons of the 80s and early 90s um, and so that kind of makes me remember the, the 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 30 for 30 that ESPN produced at the time the Big East changed forever and they called it Requiem for the Big East and I'm sure many of you have seen it And I personally thought it was poorly uh, conceived because the Big East Conference didn't die. You know, if the Big East Conference had disbanded, go right ahead. But that basically was an ESPN hit piece to try to completely discredit a Big East Conference that, yes, was losing quite a few members, but still had several members from the original Big East. They were going to regroup and get going again. And because they were moving over to Fox Sports, ESPN wanted to try to render them irrelevant. That's taken a few years, and now look. The only conference to have two number one seeds in the 2018 NCAA tournament, the Big East. Villanova, Xavier, Seton Hall had a great year. Creighton had a great year. Little surprise they lost to Kansas State in the first round of the tourney. The Big East is fine, fans, and if Patrick Ewing can get Georgetown turned around, And Chris Mullen at St. John's, they they struggled. They had a couple of huge wins. They beat Duke. They beat Villanova back-to-back. They could get those two programs back up and running where they were back in my heyday. Um, My senior year of high school was the year the the original Big East sent three teams to the final four. Georgetown, St. John's, and incredibly, the team that actually won the championship, the eighth seed, uh, Villanova. Uh, Big East is fine, and I think that 30 for 30 just is, is just does it's, – it's just not good. I'm just going to wa- – I'm going to parcel my words and watch out because I'm not a hot take guy. You know if you listen to this podcast, I don't give a heck of a lot of opinions. I give them from time to time, and I also don't just throw stuff out there to throw stuff out there. But that one always bugged me, and I'm happy for the Big East Conference, and I want to see it succeed even more. And getting programs like Seton Hall back is a good step. Butler, another great step now to get you know get Georgetown and St. John's back into the fray. And then suddenly, you know, the Big East is going to well, let me put it to you this way. They had a better year in the Pac-12, did they not? Pac-12 was out of the NCAA tournament before the first night was over. The very first night. Incredible. So it'll be fun to watch McClung go to the next level and see how he does and how Coach Ewing is able to utilize and, and, and nurture and bring him along. So great basketball year. Boy, it flew. It really went fast. And we look forward to 2018 and 19. Have another basketball note coming up at the end of the podcast. So hang on for that. Now let's get to the first 2018 RBA Sports Network Top 10 Baseball and Softball polls. Ladies first. So we'll start with softball. And we've already had a couple of big games this past week. Late in the week, we were able to get into action. Monday was a washout. Tuesday, for the most part, was a washout. We got a couple of lacrosse matches in, and that was about it. Wednesday, there was some action. Thursday and Friday, everything got going, and we've had some good action already and some surprising results. Softball top 10, first one for the 2018 season. At number 10, deep run. They scored 20 runs in their first game, a win over uh, over uh, Maggie Walker Governor School, and a deep run is kind of in a situation over in, in the west end of Henrico County in the Colonial District with Mills Godwin and with Glenn Allen to where you're going to have several good teams, but which team is going to break out? You know, which one's going to be the team that's able to kind of, you know, go 5-1 and one against their rivals? And that will help them because they're all in Region 5B. Remember, with the new um, latest edition of reclassification, in Region 5B, you've got those 15 teams in the Richmond area, and there are one, two, three, four, five of them in our top 10 poll. Now, if they work it like they did basketball, only the top eight teams are going to make the playoffs in spring sports: baseball, softball, soccer. So, if that's the case, uh, if you're a deep run, you need to sweep Mills Godwin. Yeah, you need to, you need to, you need to sweep Glenn Allen or split with them at least. You don't want to get swept. By any of those colonial district rivals, uh, so that you can pile up as many wins as possible, get those rider points, so that when they divide them by the number of games you play, and we get to the postseason, you know, we get to a situation to where normally those tournaments are played at neutral sites, predetermined. Uh, but you know, you want to be a higher seed to be the home team, because maybe you need the bottom of the seventh to get a win. So. That's one of the, I think, several intriguing storylines in softball this year, and and the first one we come to because Deep Run comes in at 10 in our poll, is how teams fare against each other out there in the West End. Between Deep Run, Glenn Allen, Mills, Godwin specifically, you can throw J.R. Tucker in the mix too as well. Uh, So Deep Run at 10. At number nine, the Generals of Dinwiddie. Another team, another season to be reckoned with in Region 4B. In Region 4B... Used to be called 4A South, used to be called 4A East, and now it's reconfigured. And no more conferences, of course. And in 4B, you've got Dinwiddie, you've got Powhatan, you've got Hanover. Now you've got Patrick Henry moving from 5 down to 4. And back into the Richmond area after spending four years in Conference 16 and playing most of their postseason games, against out-of-town opponents. They've been kind of the forgotten school in some sports when it came to the playoffs. Well, not anymore. Patrick Henry Softball in Region 4B, along with baseball. And those are some of the area teams, along with Monican, Midlothian, uh, Louisa, that they're going to have to um, uh, consider and be a part of. So watch out for them. Uh, 4B is going to be a lot of fun. And there's a team in 4B that just missed our inaugural Top 10 poll that needs to be watched seriously. And we'll talk about them in a moment, too. And they have an opportunity coming up this week to make a big statement. And if they do it, obviously job, da, jump into our top ten. And that would be the Midlothian Trojans, who are just outside of the first poll. But they have the goods. They, last season was the season where they, they pivoted. And they went from being the team that they you know won a few games but lost most of them to a team that was very competitive. And if they lost, they were extremely competitive in the game. I remember them giving Atlee a complete run for their money at home earlier last year. They have a chance this year to really make some noise. So in Region 4B, between um, Hanover, Patrick, Henry, Dinwiddie, Powhatan, Midlothian, and then, you know, throw in the others that are in there, Monacan, Caroline, Cortland, Eastern View, Louisa, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to be... Um, the quarterfinal and then the semifinal round at Region 4B come late May It's going to be crazy because there's going to be a couple of really good teams who don't make the state tournament. In the new setup, and if, in case you haven't been following in basketball, because that's not your sport, but you're a spring sports person, uh, you got to get to your region semifinal and you got to win it. If you're in your region championship, you clinch one of the two spots that your region gets into your class's state tournament. There are four regions in each class. Two times four is eight. So the state quarterfinal round is back in softball and baseball this year. You don't go straight to the state semis at the Jubilee anymore. We're going back to quarterfinals, which we last had all the way back, if if memory serves me correctly, back in 2013. So Dinwiddie at nine, just ahead of them, a team that's already raising some eyebrows, the Hanover Hawks at number eight. Lauren Hughes hits a grand slam. Hanover wins their opener against Dinwiddie on Thursday, 7-5. to They turn around on Friday. Julia Mardegan gets a big home run. And they route James River 11-2. to And the Hawks are 2-0 and early. They are young. They are extremely young. They have a freshman double play combination. They have enough experience, though, with Hughes, Ellen Paglia on the, in the circle, And they've already shown they've been able to score 18 runs in two games and two wins. And even more importantly, already a big head-to-head win matchup against one of the teams they're going to be fighting for up top in Region 4B. Hanover debuts at number eight. Just ahead of them, number seven, Glenn Allen. Yes, they lost Julia Fritz. They lost Cammie Brummett to graduation. They're going to have a complete new battery. There's going to be a lot of new looks for the Jags this year as well as a new coach, but they, they tend to reload, not rebuild. And the Jaguars, uh, in our estimation right now, are a team to be reckoned with in Region 5B, uh, along with the likes of uh, some teams we haven't talked about yet, Prince George, Athlete, Lee Davis, we mentioned deep run at number 10, Glenn Allen in the poll at 7. Just ahead of them at 6, Manchester. Manchester losing their opener to Cosby in a slugfest 10-8. to When those two teams get together, anything can happen. It could be a one nothing thriller or it can be a 10-8 slugfest, and it ended up being the latter earlier this week, Cosby getting the early win. Them in 6B, if they split their regular season and end up meeting for the region championship down the road, would that surprise us? Absolutely not. That's not to say James River or Clover Hill couldn't make a run and, you know, a couple of teams from out of town that we don't know about yet in Colonial Forge, River Bend, etc. So uh, Manchester has always got firepower. Um, If they're able to string together several wins in a row, it's going to be a matter of just getting as many wins as you can in order to get as high a seed as you can. Because in Region 6B, most of their um, tournament situations are higher seed. So you want to grab those wins so that you can host a region semifinal rather than having to go on the road, say, to a Franklin County or to a Riverbend or a Colonial Forge. Manchester at six. Top five now. And no surprise, Hanover County dominates the top five. But I will tell you early, does not hold the number one position. Number five, Lee Davis. Head coach Jackie Davis, over 300 career wins, back for her 19th season in Mechanicsville. Kaylee Scott graduates now pitching and doing a great job for Randolph-Macon, saw her work in relief uh, today as we record this on Sunday uh, for Randolph-Macon in a doubleheader sweep of uh, of Norwich College. They have won 16 in a row and are currently 17-1 and one on the season. They split their season opener with Christopher Newport and they've won 16 straight since that doubleheader split on opening day last month. So Savannah Henley steps into the circle. She got some good experience last year as a freshman, especially early in the season when Coach Davis was still trying to figure out how she was going to utilize both Kaylee and Savannah. And now Savannah has the – she's got the circle. And while they did lose some firepower to graduation offensively, they've got Logan Hawker back. They've got Jesse Gentry back. They've got several good pieces back, and Lee Davis always brings back good players as well, bringing them up from their system. Lauren Taylor at shortstop, who's, I think if memory serves me correctly, is verbally committed to Longwood. So defensively, Lee Davis should be very good. They beat Hermitage in their opener back on Wednesday. Lee Davis at 5. At 4, the three-time defending state champions in Class 5, formerly known as Group 5A, the Atley Raiders, who took it on the chin in their opener, losing at home 3 nothing to the Thompson girls and Alyssa Swords and uh, Caitlin Abernathy and everybody at Prince George, who we'll talk about in a moment. That was a very good game. Prince George on our game of the week Thursday night with a chance to break it open early in the first inning. They leave two on, on board. Uh, it ends up being a nothing-nothing struggle into the sixth inning. The game had one nothing written all over it, but then Prince George was able to break through not only with a couple of timely hits, uh, but a couple of costly plays defensively for Attlee. A ball that could have been caught in left field that the wind picked up a little bit. Part of it was the wind's fault. Part of it was mis- a little bit of misplaying by the left fielder. Ball drops. That gets the rally going. And then a fly ball out. A throw back in, trying to get the runner at third base. Sailed way over the third baseman's head. Run Extra run comes in to score. Uh, Prince George adds one in the seventh, and they get the 3 nothing win over Atlee on the road. Laura Thompson in the circle, 11 strikeouts, very strong performance out of the gate. But the Raiders, Rachel Davis looked good in her debut. Atlee bounces right back on Friday night, goes to Matoica and wins 9-3, so... Their offense already got on track after having trouble with Thompson in the uh, circle in their home opener. So the Raiders 1-1 on the early season. They've got a lot of big games on their regular season schedule. Obviously, the home-and-home with Lee Davis is big. Home-and-homes with Hanover and Patrick Henry down the road. They've got Cosby on their schedule later this year at Lee. Looking to make it four straight. It's going to be difficult. Region 5B is a beast this year. Uh, If they get it, they will have most definitely earned it. They're at four in our first top ten. At three, the team that beat Manchester we mentioned a moment ago, the Titans of Cosby, Coach Ray Jeter and company. And he's now picked up 200 wins in Titan land. Congratulations to him. Cosby, slight favorite over Manchester, having the head-to-head win already early on. But again, we mentioned earlier, if Manchester and Cosby split in the regular season in Region 6B and meet there in the playoffs, maybe semis or even championship, none of that would surprise us. But the Titans come in at three. Number two in our first softball poll, the Patriots of Patrick Henry. I've been saying it now for two years that 2018 was Patrick Henry's year. And that was long before we ever knew the Patriots were going to move out of Class 5 and down to Class 4. Are there fewer teams in the way to get to the state tournament in Region 4B as opposed to Region 5B? I think the answer to that question is a wash. I think it's going to be hard to get to your state tournament in either region. But Patrick Henry's situation is this. Now when they get to the postseason, instead of having to deal with the Halifax's Oranges or maybe their county rival Atley, who were with them in Conference 16 and 5A North the last two years, Now Patrick Henry has to pivot with a new coach, with a new set of teams to have to scout and worry about come tournament time, as in Powhatan and Dinwiddie. Obviously, they know Hanover. Midlothian is new for them. And Midlothian was supposed to go to Patrick Henry this past Tuesday. It got snowed out. And they're coming this Friday. Midlow and Patrick Henry on Friday evening, I believe, is the makeup day. And that will be a great early test for both teams. But Charlotte Mitchell in the circle for Patrick Henry. Her third season as varsity starter. Um, They lose Grayson Ratcliffe to Marshall, and she was very much a vocal leader of that team. But I believe her younger sister Saxon's going to step right into that slot. You've got Autumn Sleemaker back her third season as leadoff hitter. Solid defense, solid returnees. Haley Thomas being one of them at first base. You put all that together, and Patrick Henry could have a special year this year. But they're going to have a lot of stiff competition in their regular season schedule, and they can't afford to lose several games in that stretch because, again, you want to grab as many wins as possible. In Region 4B, it is normally a higher seed host situation. You want somebody coming to Ashland to play a regional semifinal for a chance at the state tournament. You don't want to have to hit the bus and go to them. Patrick Henry, number two in our first poll. And number one, the Royals of Prince George. They are solid. They have great veteran leadership. They're top half of the order with Laura Thompson pitching and leading off. Sarah Thompson, Alyssa Swords, Caitlin Abernathy. Then you go down the list, Haley Godfrey at third base. Prince George is just got so much experience, and they've got a lot of hunger. This is a team That fell one game short two years ago, two games short last year, felt like they underachieved at the region tournament, and they want to get to the state tournament for the first time since 2014. And I believe this is the team that has the best chance of doing it. So my personal pick for number one was Prince George, our number one team, and I've already seen them live once. Our number one team in our first softball poll is the Royals of Prince George. And congratulations to them, but this is only March. It's simply a top ten, and there's a lot of great softball still to be played. So our first top ten softball poll pa- is uh, Prince George. Patrick Henry, Cosby, Atlee, Lee Davis are top five. Manchester, Glen Allen, Hanover, Dinwiddie, deep run six through ten. And if you want to have somebody that just missed the top ten, the Trojans of Midlothian, keep an eye On them, and you know, even though they lost big to Hanover, things just didn't go their way on Friday night. I'd keep an eye on James River in Region 6B as well. All right, friends, top 10 baseball poll. poll. Let's get to it. We begin with number 10, Cosby. Brand new era at Cosby. Coach Nelson taking over for the only coach Cosby ever had, and they get a win on uh, on game one. So they've started solid. And Region 6B is going to be really interesting this year. You know, Cosby, they beat Manchester. Manchester's, uh, you know, picking up where they left off, but they have some graduation situations to look at. Thomas Dale, keep an eye on them. And we haven't talked about James River, and we will in a moment. But Cosby at 10. Collegiate Cougars get a split Saturday in their opener, including a great win in Game 1. They are number 9 in our first poll. At number eight, and had we done, normally we do our baseball, softball polls the day before the regular season is scheduled to start. This year, we were a week late. Basketball had a lot to do with that because of the new tournament formats. No more conferences. It's all regions, et cetera, et cetera. We had to kind of take some extra time and resources in into covering that and getting that new era. Uh, we lost usually in the old days that week before spring sports starts. We had a few days in the first part of that week where we could go watch some scrimmages of teams that intrigue us and and take some time and do that. We had no time to do it this year with the addition of the semifinal round in state basketball getting moved into that quadrant, into that Monday-Tuesday period. So we decided let's let a week of action go by. We ended up only having half a week. But let's let it go by, and then we will release our, our first polls. And and just as a reminder, you're asking, where's your soccer? Where's your lacrosse? Our Super 7 polls for those sports begin April 8th, coming out of spring break. That's three weeks from today, as we record it. Cosby at 10, Collegiate at 9, Prince George at number 8. Prince George comes to Atlee Thursday. They take a 2 nothing lead, but then Atlee storms back, gets a 5-2 lead, makes it stick, And the Raiders get an impressive win over the Royals. Now, Prince George, state semifinalist in Class 5 last year. Certainly, they have the tools. Tevin Tucker on down to make another run in Region 5B. They will have a lot of competition because there are one, two, three Region 5B teams above them currently in our Top 10 poll. We'll get to one in just a second. But Prince George is primed and can make another deep run and not be the surprise team that they were last year. At 19-1 and record, and then, they, you know, they got Hanover on the schedule late and played them well, and Prince George is not going to sneak up on anybody this season. And Atley was ready for them, got the 5-2 to win on Thursday. But the Royals are going to be fine. They're going to be very good again this year. They enter at number eight. Just ahead of them, the team that beat them and one of the surprise teams of the season – one that lost a lot to graduation, but frankly, sitting down and writing the baseball preview a couple of weeks ago for the Hanover Herald-Progress newspaper, I realized that they have a heck of a lot coming back, too, and it begins on the mound, John Kish and others. The Atlee Raiders at number seven, and I think the Raiders' number one thing this year is simply confidence. The Raiders need to, they're in a position where they've got the tools to where they could sweep Lee Davis, um, they could split with Hanover. They could sweep or maybe split with Patrick Henry. You know, they could win the mythical Hanover County baseball championship for the first time in a long time. Uh, Or maybe tie Hanover, something along that line. You never know. The grouping is closer this year. I I got to see a little bit of Attlee playing while we had the broadcast and after our softball broadcast Thursday night. And now I've seen Hanover's eye test on Friday night on our game of the week. Uh, And and Attlee has a possibility – to be not only really good in the county, but to make some damage in, in region 5B. Number seven, the Atley Raiders. Just ahead of them at six, the Hanover Hawks. And had we released our poll in a week a week earlier, like normal, could they have been the number one team in our poll? Very possibly. But they struggled mightily on Friday night against James River, a game of the week that was a very big surprise. James River 13, Hanover 4, and the Hawks were never in the game. Seemed like every ball bounced the wrong way for them. They had multiple errors in the field that cost them dearly, that allowed James River to get the lead early and then add to that lead. It was four nothing. Hanover got a run back in the third, and then James River comes in, in the fourth and scores four more, and suddenly it's 8-1, to one. and briefly in the fifth, there was a chance for Prince George, excuse me, a chance for James River uh, to, to take a 10-run lead, and we, we were talking on, on the air during the game of the week, is it possible that Hanover could get run-ruled at home, and we'd have to go deep back in the archives to see the last time that happened. Uh, so it ended up 13-4, we went the full seven innings, but Hanover's got so much talent. One game will not define them. What they also have is an extremely difficult schedule. Uh, they've got to make up a game with Dinwiddie on Thursday night. They've got Mills Godwin coming up on Monday night. That's just this week. Then they head to carry North Carolina for a national high school tournament that they're playing before spring break. They come back spring break, and they play one of the top teams down in the east, and that's Hickory. They'll be coming to Hanover in early April. They've got the Miller School on their schedule again. This is going to be a stretch to where Hanover could end up losing five of their first eight games, four of their first eight games, even three of their first eight games, um, but still be a state championship contender come June because of their pitching between Jack Dragham. I know that Will Lopez struggled on, on Friday night, but he is still very good. He's committed to VMI. And again, one game does not make a team or a season. Uh, but I'm sure Coach Dragham and company taught a lot to these kids about what happened. They've spent the weekend mulling things over, and they'll be ready when they have to hit the bus and take on Mills Godwin. More on the Eagles coming up. So Hanover at six. Our top five, we begin five with Benedictine. It will be a bounce-back year, we believe, for the cadets. They've got arms. They've got offense. Um, looking very much forward to seeing how well Benedictine will be in 2018. Uh, one of three private schools in our top 10 poll and one still to come. Number four, Deep Run. Fifth seed in Conference 11. Fly to the tournament title and then make damage in the old region tournament. And this year, they've got tons of those players back. They had a competitive game Friday with J.R. Tucker before pulling away and getting the 8-5 to victory. But Deep Run's certainly a favorite in Region 5B. Now, you think about that again in Region 5B. Deep run at Lee Prince George. Already talked about in our top ten, and we have another 5B team coming up in a moment. Deep run at number four. At number three, and uh, their stock rose, obviously, after Friday. They get a win over Midlothian to start the season Thursday. They hold Skyler Petrie to pitch against Hanover. He pitches four solid innings, struggles a bit in the fifth, but he had a big lead by that point, gets the win. 13-4 13-4 to Rapids beat the Hawks, and James River at 2-0 and is number three in our first top ten poll. Going to be fun to watch the Rapids this season. That team was infectious on Friday night. They fed off of every positive thing that happened to them, and they made that cascade of positivity come to them. They really did. Um, you know, sometimes teams have chemistry, and they have positive attitude, and they're together, and you can, ju- you can just see them. Working together mentally, psychologically, as well as on the field. Uh, and if they continue to keep that edge, and they're going to need it because the schedule is very unkind to them early. They have one home game in the first month of the season, and that's against their rival Cosby. Coming up a week from Tuesday, March 27th, this will be the first time in either four or five years that we are not able to bring that to you on the game of the week. We have a previous commitment for that evening, the 27th of March, and, and I feel so bad because. That's been one of our mainstays in our game of the week. And we're going to miss it. So maybe we can catch the the rematch at Cosby. But James River at three. Number two, St. Christopher's. They are loaded, and they are the favorites from this area in terms of private school baseball. They're going to be fun to watch. St. Chris Benedictine normally have their their buddy ball fundraiser out at RFMP Park. Got to look at the schedule and see when that's going to be this year. It's usually on a Saturday evening. Uh, if you're just a high school baseball fan, you need to get to that game because you're going to see uh, some great players and some great action and two teams that could have a very deep run come tournament time. And our first number one team resides off of Pump Road. They are the Eagles of Mills-Godwin High School. Pitching, defense, offense, college commits. Uh, this is going to be a special team to watch. And when you look down to it in Region 5B, Mills Godwin, Deep Run, Atlee, Prince George, and that's just naming four teams. Glenn Allen is not in our top ten. Lee Davis has struggled out of the gate early. They lost a lot of pitching to graduation. They're 0-2, but they, I believe, will mature as the season goes on and get better as the season goes on. Uh and and and, and I know I'm missing multiple teams. You know, we haven't even talked about Matoica down in 5B in Chesterfield County. Elsie Bird has some pieces that could come together and make a run. That's going to be a lot of fun watching Region 5B this year. And right now, just a hair ahead of Deep Run, cream of the crop is Mills Godwin. But Godwin and Deep Run got to play each other twice. Could see each other again come Region Tournament time. Going to be a lot of fun out in the West End. It'll be Blake Petticord versus Doug Hines. <laughs> Two of our, of our our best, best colleagues and friends uh, in, the, in the public address announcing business in the Metro Richmond area. Doug Hines does a lot at Deep Run as well as at Glen Allen. Love Doug to death. He does a phenomenal job, as does Blake Petticord, who, who uh, not only does uh, PA for Mills Godwin, but he has done PA at VHSL State Championships. He was there for the Siegel Center for Basketball all last week. Uh, he did the work with the Atlantic 10 Women's Tournament here at the Coliseum with us two weeks ago. Blake is a total and consummate uh, professionals so our baseball top 10 mills godwin one saint christopher's two then james river deep Run, benedictine are top five hanover at six seven is atley eight prince george nine collegiate ten is cosby and there are several other good teams not too far out of our poll that could make some noise and be in that poll sometime during the season. We keep our polls going until the end of the regular season, then they come to a close simply because that's when everybody splits into their classifications for region tournaments and the road to states. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard, the 2018 Class 5 and Class 6 State Spring Jubilee, state semifinals and championships in baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, tennis, all moving from Northern Virginia and for tennis, Eastern Virginia to Richmond. Glenn Allen and Deep Run will be hosting those Jubilees on Friday, June the 8th, and Saturday, June the 9th. The state championships are coming to the RVA, and we could not, could not be happier. Class 3 and Class 4 state tournaments in Salem again this season. Class 1 and Class 2 are again at Radford University. All right, fans, before we wrap up this edition of Central Region Now, we've talked basketball. We've released our first top 10 baseball and softball polls of the year. Again, Super 7 soccer lacrosse polls debut on Sunday, April the 8th. We'll have top 10 polls each week for baseball and softball through the end of the regular season, and we'll have them for soccer and lacrosse. The Super 7 polls, again, from April 8th on to the end of the regular season, mid to heading into uh, late May. Hope you enjoyed the first edition of The Sit-Down, a new interview feature here on Central Region Now where a couple of weeks ago we sat down and talked with new Hermitage head football coach Derek Johnson. If you missed that and want to hear our sit-down conversation with Coach Johnson, just look at our uh, Central Region Now podcast page. It's hcsmedianetwork.podbean.com. hcsmedianetwork.podbean.com. All of our past podcasts are hosted there. And just look for the Central Region Now podcast from uh, March 3rd, 4th, I believe. It'll be labeled State Basketball Preview and Interview with Hermitage Coach Derek Johnson. So make sure you catch that. This week, the sit-down studio is heading north to Ashland. And we're going to have a conversation with Division Three Women's National All-American Kelly Williams of the Randolph-Macon Women's Basketball Team. Her story is fascinating. Where she came from how she went through high school, her decision to come to Randolph-Macon when she could have gone Division II or Division One, how she has performed the first two years, some of the records that she is threatening with still two years of eligibility left, how the Randolph-Macon team came basically out of nowhere to win the ODAC championship this year, win a game and host a regional in the NCAA tournament before falling in the round of 32 to Christopher Newport and what the team needs to do in the offseason to get ready for next year. We're going to talk about all that and more with Kelly Williams. She is an engaging figure, love her to death, and looking forward to giving her uh, the platform here on the podcast on our second edition of The Sit-Down. Our hope is to have two interviews each month here on Central Region Now. Every two weeks, bring you a mover and shaker from Sports in the RVA, mostly at the high school round, but we cover other stuff as well, fans, as you well know. Uh, And we'll step out of high school for this one to talk to Kelly. We're scheduled to talk to her this week, and we'll have it on next week's podcast. All right, fans, that's it for this week. Thanks for being with us for another edition of Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RBA Sports Network, as we do it mostly each week when we have the opportunity to do so always for the private non-commercial use of our audience any rebroadcast or other use of our podcast without the express written consent of hcs media llc is strictly prohibited we are hoping and aiming to have a game of the week this coming friday night and as soon as we have it confirmed we'll let you know about it on twitter and on the broadcast schedule at rvasportsnetwork.com we've got two coming up week after next Girls lacrosse, Atlee at Cosby on Monday the 26th at 7, and softball. Number two, Patrick Henry goes to number eight, Hanover, Thursday night the 29th at 6 p.m. Live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash RBA Sports Network and never miss another game of the week. Only from the RBA Sports Network. Rob with them saying thanks. See you on the sideline.